0: Good morning, I good afternoon, Richmond. Clothes, it's 12 so it's noon, and I'm Adam Epstein, you're listening to AWOD Radio, here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan, now at 105-1 FM, and I am live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck, as you can join me here every Monday throughout the NFL season, recapping college football action from Saturday, NFL on Sunday, and of course, getting you. Set for Monday Night Football here on the home for the Commanders. Every game can be heard here in Richmond, Virginia on 910. The Fan now at 105.1 FM or always available to stream on the go on the free Odyssey app. So you guys know we start the show here on a Monday by declaring a victory or a misery Monday. And today is a misery Monday, but I'll tell you, I'm feeling very positive. I'm feeling very good about my Commanders because, in my opinion, the offense won that game. The offense won. We looked better than the Eagles. And you know what? It was a moral victory, as the junkies called last time you played against the Eagles. I'm not going to call this a, a moral victory here, but I thought it was a masterclass performance from Sam Howell. So I'm feeling very positive. You can tell me how you're feeling throughout the show. 833 3 I'm not as heartbroken and devastated as I was last weekend. Believe me, after the loss to the Giants, I was down for the count. But I'm feeling really good after the Commanders' 38 31 loss to the Eagles, I'm feeling much better about quarterback one Sam Howe than I have all season long. And yes, Jalen Hurts was beat up and limping, but that was an unbelievable performance from Sam Howe. He looked like a top 10 quarterback. He looked very comfortable in Coach Eric Bieniemy's system. He was firing rockets, laser beams all around the field. And even when he misfired, he'd still found a way to hit a receiver in the helmet or in the hands. And believe me, Terry McLaurin will want those two drops back. But this was a great overall offensive performance. And defensively, it was terrible, right? They got outplayed by the best wide receiver in the NFL this season in A.J. Brown, and they couldn't do anything to stop him or even slow him down in the slightest. So everyone always wants to know, what's AWOD going to do here with another Misery Monday? Am I going to break something at Capital Alehouse as I'm so frustrated? No. The Commanders are 3-5, and five, but I'm here to tell you, I believe the Washington Commanders will win the next three games. I believe a three-game win streak is staring us right in the face. Yes, I'm upset that we lost. All right? I'm always upset when we lose. It, it, it ruins my week. I was very distraught yesterday, Sunday afternoon. But I saw enough good to replace the bad. I really did. Right? We talk about this here on a Monday. It's, is it a legit... Moral victory Monday in my mind, right? I mean, look, here's the thing. Is, everyone questioned Eric Bieniemy? They all did. Could he adjust his offense to fit the young quarterback after the terrible display against the Giants? And he answered, yes, 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 I can. Everyone questioning Sam Howell. Can he throw the ball away? Can he release it before the pressure gets to him? Is the sack issue going to haunt him throughout the entire season and his entire career? Slinging Sam Howell. Sam, yes, Sam, I am Howell, responded with an amazing performance that was fun to watch. And so, yes, a loss is a loss. And I'm always upset when this team doesn't win a game. But I I said, all season long, it's a victory because we got rid of Dan Snyder. So the next step is finding our franchise quarterback, someone that we've been searching for for 20 years. And I think we've found out a little bit more about Sam Howell because that was an incredible response from a seven-point ugly performance against the Giants, that's exactly what I needed to see out of my quarterback one, Sam Howell. So phone lines are open throughout the show. How are you feeling here on a misery Monday? Doesn't feel as miserable as the other four misery Mondays as the Commanders fall to three and five. Phone lines are open, 833 But we start with the good, the bad, and the ugly. And the good, Sam Howell, 39 for 52. 52 passes but completed an unbelievable percentage of them. Four touchdown passes, one interception, and the interception was bouncing off of Terry McLaurin's hand. He shouldn't have tried to squeeze it in that window. He had Logan Thomas open, uh, but it was after your defense gave up a terrible touchdown drive and he was trying to force it. One sack for the day. That's got to be the good, right? And the one sack, of course, was not Sam Howell's fault at all. It was Andrew Wiley. His bum ass got burnt by Hassan Reddick and Sam gets sacked and fumbles on the biggest play of the game. Whatever. That's 100% on Wiley. That's 100% on Coach Rivera for making that your big free agent right tackle signing. Sam Howe was awesome yesterday. Jahan Dotson in the good. Han Solo Dotson is back. I told you guys, I didn't think it was about his skill. It was more about opportunity. Eric Bien-Aimé identified that identified that Curtis Samuel could be used in a better position in his offense. Well, Samuel... Doesn't play much with a toe injury, and Jahan Dotson shined. Eight catches for 108 yards, one touchdown, eight catches in 10 targets. Really made the most of his opportunity yesterday. Another good. How great did it feel to see Jamison Crowder catch a touchdown? Passed seven catches for 95 yards. I always thought that Crowder should be involved in this offense this season because he's a burst guy. He is a great slot receiver. You just get it to him in the slot, and he can burst forward for about 6 to 8 yards, and we need that in our offense, and he's also been good this season with punt returns. The bad, obviously, that's A.J. Brown and Emmanuel Forbes just looking awful. A.J. Brown torched the Commanders for 130 yards, two touchdowns. Hertz had four touchdown passes as he was limping all over the field. Uh, Commanders did a decent job against the run, uh, really until the fourth quarter, though, um, when Swift was able to break free and get into the end zone. Uh, but I-, I really think the bad was more A.J. Brown than anything else. And the ugly, I'm going to start with Ron Rivera, not challenging the Devontae Smith dropped pass on fourth down. How do you not challenge that? How do you not challenge that? You right? You allow the Eagles to score 21 points in the fourth quarter. 21 fourth quarter points. Your defense was bend but don't break all game long until that fourth quarter. And you let the Eagles have a fourth quarter comeback in your house. And part of the ugly is, of course, the Eagles go, Eagles go, fly Eagles fly chants that were heard on TV throughout most of that fourth quarter. And then, of course, with the ugly, I've got to call out Emmanuel Forbes getting burnt multiple times, just looking completely lost. I've never seen a wide receiver run a triple move. A.J. Brown ran a stutter step, a stutter and go, and then a comeback route off of that. Three different moves. Jalen Hurts had too much time in the pocket, and he just throws it to A.J. Brown, who's wide open, and then Forms could barely tackle him, eventually getting him down at the one-yard line. And then, later in the game, on the other side of the field, the left side, he just does a, a nice little... Inside, and then deep move, and Forbes was completely lost on that. He didn't know where the ball was. He held him, so they called two flags on Forbes on that play. That's how ugly it was. It was, uh, hey, you can't touch him after five yards. Oh, and then, oh, yeah, you passed interference on him. Oh, yeah, but he still came down with the catch and scored on the play. So, I'm frustrated, I'm pissed off, but I don't feel as miserable as I did the four other times the Commanders lost this season. Let's take a listen to head coach Ron Rivera after his team's loss to the Eagles. What are your emotions after
1: the loss? Disappointed, more so than anything else. You know, these guys came out and played hard. We, we gave ourselves opportunities, and we missed some opportunities, and, and we just got to go back and take a look at it and see why. And what do you tell those locker room? More so than anything else, guys. If, if you can do that for four quarters with an elite team in the NFL, you should be able to do it anytime you want. And so, you know, our focus is we've got nine games left to play. We'll play them one at a time. We'll focus in on what's coming up up next. I mean, there's no reason not to play any any less than what we just did.
0: See, that's the problem with what Ron Rivera said right there, right? If you play like that, you can go toe-to-toe with any team in the league. Offensively, yes. Offensively, absolutely. Sam Howell ranked among all the quarterbacks that played yesterday first in a lot of categories. He was the number one fantasy quarterback yesterday in the NFL offensively, yeah, if you play like that, you can't play with everyone. But Ron Rivera was brought in to be a defensive coach, and he brought his buddy with him, Jack Del Rio, who's supposed to be a defensive-minded coach, and the defense let this team down. It's not just the first time that's happened this season. It happened both times against the Eagles. I would say the defense let them down miserably in the game against the Denver Broncos, even though they got the win. And the defense let them down against the Chicago Bears and so I'm just sick and tired of this defense holding this team back, right? That was the issue last season, was the defense was decent at times, but the offense wasn't good enough. So you bring in Coach Eric Bieniemy, you bring in a new quarterback in Sam Howell, who had only played one game the previous season, and you give him the keys to the franchise and let he be, him be your starting quarterback. And offensively, this team has been much better, but the defense has taken three, maybe four steps back, and it seems to be always the issue here in Washington, it's the old cliche, two steps forward, three steps back from 2-0 and to 2-3, and now sitting at 3-5. and But like I said to start the show, I'm not that miserable because the offense came to play. I don't know if the defense can turn it around, but I also know that there are some winnable games coming up on this schedule, and so I'm feeling decent here about my commanders after the 38-31 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. How are you feeling today on a Misery Monday, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. Take your calls and catch up with Michael Phillips on a little crosstalk next on The Fan. Howell,
1: floating one for the end zone, and catch made! It's a Washington touchdown, Terry McLaurin!
0: Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. That was the call on Fox. The first touchdown catch of the game uh, came by Terry McLaurin after a great throw by Sam Howell. And uh, Washington played their best half of the season. Unfortunately, though, the defense gave up 21 fourth-quarter points as Philly went up and down the field three different times and came back down by seven in the fourth quarter after Sam Howell. It's another touchdown pass, but it was not enough as the Commander's defense let them down in a big way for probably the third or fourth time this season. I'm here live from Capital Alehouse in Innsbruck as you can check me out here every Monday following a Commander's win or loss going around the NFL and gets you signed up and ready for Monday night football. We'll break down that game. Later on on the show today as we go around the NFL, but joining us right now is MP on the mic. You can hear him Monday through Friday from 10 to noon. What's going on, Michael? Yeah,
1: almost cost him that Broncos game, too. That was, uh, you know, the d- defensive meltdown late in that one. It's It's been a bad year for the defense.
0: It has, and, um, you know, I'm frustrated after the loss, but I'm feeling pretty good. You know what would make me feel better, Michael?
1: Tell me. If I could cross-talk sounder. Can you play the clip, Stub? <laughs> have your attention it's cross talk with adam epstein and michael phillips on the fan it's like that 190s movie that everybody loved what's the name of that movie it's not cross talk but it sounds like cross talk it's cross talk on the fan oh face off with travolta and Nick Cage, but this is cross talk that, did, right, that did make me feel better
0: Right, doesn't make you. It always makes me feel better. Uh, Michael, let me let me uh, compliment you for a second here. One of the best writers covering this team for a long time uh, with a newspaper here in town that we will not mention. Uh, but now you're back on the beat with the Washington Times. And uh, do we have an update on maybe Montez Sweat getting traded?
1: I've been told that the Atlanta Falcons are in hot on Montez Sweat. Doesn't mean that the Commanders will agree to deal him but that uh, the Atlanta Falcons are very interested in potentially acquiring Montez Sweat here at the trade deadline. Uh, and what we heard late last week was there was more action around Sweat than there was Chase Young. I think teams view him as maybe a little more consistent performer, the opportunity to you know provide a lift down the stretch. Uh, it makes sense. There are obviously ties. Um, the Kyle Smith, who was the personnel guy here when they drafted Montez Sweat, is now the personnel guy in Atlanta. And one of their defensive tackles is out for the year the team announced today so makes sense on a lot of fronts
0: yeah uh, one thing that doesn't make sense to me is why would Ron Rivera trade one of his defensive players when he needs to make the playoffs to keep his job and why would you trade it to a team that's currently ahead of you in the playoff standings one team that is four and four currently is going to make the playoffs the commanders are just one game back of that
1: I think that's a very big obstacle here for sure to a trade getting done. I mentioned Jacoby Brissett in my show. I would entertain all offers for Jacoby Brissett except from Minnesota for that exact reason. Another 4-4 four and four team, another potential playoff competitor. Now, I, I do think you have the win over Atlanta, so maybe you could justify it that way. But I completely agree with you. Ron Rivera's focus, I think, is getting this team into the playoffs. I don't think it's a ridiculous notion to say that even after yesterday's game. I agree with you. It's time for that. Early November, Ron Rivera heater, you know, might as well trademark it. It's as consistent as the Riverboat nickname. Uh, and then, of course, the late December fade that has also become all too popular over the last few years. But I do think if you move him to the Falcons, that that potentially puts you in danger of, uh, you know, them them jumping you for that number seven seed.
0: So, of course, MP is back on the beat with the Washington Times. And you can hear his hot takes Monday through Friday from 10 to 12 noon. Talking all things Commanders right here on the Fan. So uh, let me ask you this: So how does the front office work now with this decision making? Uh, we saw last week Josh Harris bring in an analytics guy. Do you think that guy will be involved in the decision whether or not to trade some of these pieces?
1: Yeah, it's a really fascinating time here, right? Because one of the things about Josh Harris is he has been hands off so far. You could say whatever yes. you know, what, whatever you could say about. His ownership group, and you know, I'm sure I, I know people have been clamoring for more uh, along the way, but he he's brought he's brought Eugene Shen in, the the new analytics guy. He's definitely been building an infrastructure, maybe away from how the team runs. But to my knowledge, and I've talked to a lot of people in that building, he hasn't told Ron Rivera. I want you to do this. He hasn't told anybody, you know, do this or make this move. This would be the first moment where as owner, he might want to put his thumb on the scale. He might want to have something to say or say, hey, I would like draft picks for this guy. Hey, Eugene Shen, my analytics guy, says we're not going to re-sign Chase Young. See what you can get for him. Uh, But I I do believe he is going to be fully hands-off and Ron Rivera will make the final decision here.
0: All right, Michael, so you were at the game. Of course, I can't wait to watch the film and break this down. It's always fun to watch the film when the offense looks good and they put up 31 points. But at what point in the game was the big decision whether or not to challenge the Devonta Smith pass?
1: Oh, my goodness. And, and you're watching the the whole sidelines going nuts right there. The Eagles are running to the line. Uh, and to to not challenge in that much. Fourth down, Adam. Fourth down. If, if they rule that incomplete... The commanders get the ball. This isn't, oh, well, you know, timeouts are valuable, and, you know, what's 12 yards in the big scheme of things? We trust our defense. You get to possess the football, and to have, to have it go from that, Ron Rivera not making the right call in the moment, to Jack Del Rio sending Emmanuel Forbes out to match up with A.J. Brown for reasons that continue to blow my mind, I just a really bad minute there for the coaching staff, and it shows you even if this team strings wins together, even if they make the playoffs, they're not taking you to the promised land. They're not taking you to the Super Bowl. And Josh Harris did not pay $6 billion for seven seeds.
0: Absolutely. And Ron Rivera, just all the excuses in the book there after the game to the media there. You were in the press conference. Uh, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me when you could see in the replay the defenders on the sideline, the assistant coaches, all were screaming – that that was a drop. And then the other frustrating point is, well, what about the referees, right? How are they going to just let that drop stand and move on with the play? without not even taking a second to talk it over because later in the fourth quarter, they took a, their time to talk over the Jahan Dotson catch, right, and reverse that call. So uh, what I'm so frustrated about is it feels like we never get a home field advantage at FedEx Field.
1: Well, there was no home field advantage yesterday. That place was swarming with green. And honestly, because of the words out that it's the place for Eagles fans to go, I think a lot of Commanders fans say, ah, screw it and, and just stay at home. And I don't blame them. Philadelphia people are, are completely unbearable. You, Why would you voluntarily sit in that atmosphere for three hours while they yell and chant and do their songs and all that? You you wouldn't do it. It doesn't make sense to pay money to expose yourself to that. And so, I, yeah, that translates into things like – what we had which was the referees you know essentially not even not doing anything not slowing the game down and then later oh hey they think they saw something in new york so let's flip that over and not even make the eagles challenge it if the eagles challenge it that's one thing they didn't even have to challenge it they just handled it for them
0: yeah it's just it drives me crazy what other takeaways did you have from the locker room after the game
1: yeah, you know, I it, it was I talked to a bunch of players in the secondary, um, and, and there was still a lot of support for Emmanuel Forbes and and Ken,, uh, yeah we played the uh, we played the conversations with Benjamin St. Juice and uh, we played the conversation with Kendall Fuller during my show and, and they both you know hey we still support the kid he's got to keep his head up we think he's going to be a good player um, I think that. There, there was no throwing the coaches under the bus, but I will throw the coaches under the bus. That was a bad decision by them after working for three weeks to build the kids' confidence to throw him out there in that situation. Uh, Terry McLaurin, exactly what you would expect, took full responsibility for the two drops, even though I think Sam Howell was absolutely 50% to blame uh, as well. And Sam Howell took full responsibility for not putting it where he needed to. Uh, I give Terry a pass. He's he's going to bounce back. He's going to make a big play. And Jahan Dotson, uh, you mentioned as well earlier, Jahan Dotson was great to see him bounce back. I still like, I, I got Jahan Dotson, long term stock, and I'm holding on to it.
0: I love to hear that, Michael. Love having you on the show for a little crosstalk. What you got coming up tomorrow from 10 to noon?
1: The trade deadline, man. We're, we're going to be we're gonna be gunning down on it here. It'll be interesting to see if they make any moves, what happens league-wide. I think what happened with the quarterbacks yesterday, watching Kirk Cousins go down, Matt Stafford in Los Angeles, that's another team right on the bubble that may want to make a move. So I'll be very, very excited to see the quarterback market over the next 24 hours, see if somebody makes a move, pushes some chips into the middle of the table.
0: All right, that's Michael Phillips. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on The Fan. We want to take your phone calls 833 804 0910. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back.
1: PowerPoint.
0: That was the call on Fox of the Jahan Dotson touchdown catch. And, boy, was that a bounce-back game for Han Solo Dotson. Uh, gets 10 targets, makes 8 catches uh, for about 90 yards, I believe. Just just really was a perf- uh, uh, an impressive performance from Jahan Dotson. And uh, I just felt really proud about the offense overall. I thought Coach Eric Bieniemy. Had a great game plan, uh, but once again, it's Hack Del Rio, Joke El Rio, no D in his last name because he doesn't defend, he does not coach defense at all, and it's just so frustrating to watch these guys blow a fourth quarter lead and give up 21 points in the fourth quarter. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline from the Burgundy Zone podcast, it is the podfather, Kyle Ronick. What's going on, bud? Hey, what's going on, Adam? It's another
2: Misery Monday, but we'll try to make the
0: best out of it as much as we can. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good here, and um, I opened the show by saying, you know, I was devastated last week, like heartbroken. After yesterday, I started the show by saying, I believe we're going to win the next three games. I'm trying to stay positive here on a Misery Monday. Not calling it a moral victory, but I saw enough offensively that I think we can take down the Patriots, the Seahawks, and then beat the Giants.
2: Yeah, these are all winnable games, especially with how the way that he played yesterday of 39 to 52, 397 yards, four touchdowns and an interception with a rating of 114. It was really good to see the performance out of How. He was lights out except for that one interception. Obviously, putting up 31 points, you would think would be enough to be able to compete in this league, but the big issue with the offense, AWOT, is the consistency. Because when you look at this football team, there is no reason, there is no excuse why they couldn't put up more than seven points against the Giants. And that's my big dilemma in all of this is I love this production out of the offense, but can we get it consistently? Because if we do get it consistently, then this team is more than able to compete and be able to beat the Seahawks, the Patriots, and the Dolphins, which are all very good teams. In their own breath, they have their own strengths. But this Washington team in itself, it, it, they they find it very difficult, very hard for them to play as one consistent unit for 60 minutes
0: no I totally agree and I think the consistency issue offensively has everything to do with the offensive line mixed with a young quarterback and we knew it was going to be a roller coaster with a young quarterback but we thought the offensive line should be improved because they brought in a few guys in free agency and then brought in a few guys in the draft and that just hasn't been the issue Uh, Or That just hasn't been the case, and Andrew Wiley completely let us down on that fourth down play, getting burnt by Hassan Reddick there, and so the offensive line is the issue, and I think that's what's holding the running game back also. I get it. We're not running it very often, but I think part of the reason the is not calling runs is because they simply get no push. There's no push at all, and because of that, he has to change the way he calls third and ones, fourth and ones, and uh, I blame it on the offensive line, man.
2: Honestly, for me, it's kind of different because I believe it's a a whole team thing. And we've been saying on the podcast all offseason that Eric Biennium believes in passing to score and running to win. You pass to get up on the scoreboard, then you run to liquidate the clock so you can get out of there with the win. But the problem is the defense hasn't been consistent in their own right in allowing those points. So it's not like Eric Biennium and company, when they do score points, that they can run the ball consistently and be able to give the ball to Brian Robinson. So it's like a teetering, a teetering, tottering act between the offense and defense on who is not going to be playing today at their best ability. And that's probably the biggest issue for me, man, is because at what point are we going to be able to actually evaluate this team? Because there is a, there is a reason, there's a cause and effect for each one of these. But I do agree with you about the offensive line. They've been on a historic path up until this point with the sacks. I myself believed a lot of it had to do with Sam Howell being able to see the pocket, navigate it, and be get the ball out of his hands quickly. That hadn't happened up until this point. But yesterday, he was on it, dude. He was getting that ball out. And a friend of our show, Tyler Larson, I talked to him in the offseason when he re-signed here. And I told him, look, this staff, they're looking for consistency. When you do get your chance, come in and be consistent. And he has done that. Now, right now, he's 6-2-1 and one as the starter. I know a lot of people don't like that being brought up but you saw the consistency that he brought yesterday to the offensive line. And not only him, but Chris Paul at left guard, that offensive line looked the best that they have all season. I hope they continue to go use that offensive line because they can limit these sacks to less than three a game. a I think this offense, is are a really good position. Be able to put up those points so they can contend with those teams who have high profile offenses.
0: Defensively, they give up 38 points. They blow a 14-3 lead and then they blow a 7-point fourth quarter lead. Uh, just so frustrating and Jack Del Rio's play calling it is just its mind-boggling because it seems like everybody around the league knew that Jalen Hurts was limping. Everybody saw watching the game that he did not look like himself, and yet they didn't blitz enough. They didn't get him to move off of his spot enough. He just kind of sat there and threw it downfield to Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown.
2: Yeah, and the de- defensive miscues, especially in the secondary, have been prevalent all season long. There's been wide-open guys. that There shouldn't be wide-open guys where they are. In the run game, they did a pretty good job of being able to limit Philadelphia in that breadth. But the, it's the big plays, Adam. And you don't want to harp on Emmanuel Forbes too hard because the guy is out there competing. You don't want to get on Jack Del Rio because he only put Emmanuel Forbes on the field for about five plays. And, yeah, they, it turned into a huge play that happened. But I'm not going to sit here and say that Emmanuel Forbes isn't talented, talented enough to be able to make a play on that ball. At some point, there needs to be a connect there. And you either have to make the play or you have to put somebody in there who can make the play. And I think that's probably the difficult thing that Jack Del Rio is dealing with right now because it doesn't matter who they put out there. Kendall Fuller, it doesn't matter if you have Benjamin St. Just on him. A.J. Brown is making these incredible circus-like catches, and he's playing like one of the best wide receivers in the league right now. It's hard to get on them. They were put in some crappy situations with the turnover on downs and then the interception as well. But the fact is, you were not expecting this defense to be in the bottom five in, in scoring against them. You did not expect that, and that has been consistent basis up until this point. They are inconsistent in the areas that they need to be strong in, but they are consistent in the areas that they that they should not be, and that's probably the biggest concern with this defense because there doesn't seem to be a remedy in sight.
0: Kyle Rona here with us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Check out... The Burgundy Zone podcast on Spotify and iTunes. Award-winning Commanders uh, Talk podcast here. And I, I get you with Emmanuel Forbes. Like I, I said a week before, it was a crime to not him out, have him out there on the field for one game. Just completely crushing his confidence. Uh, not having him play one snap. But yesterday, using him against A.J. Brown was my biggest issue. But then I, I even look past that. I really do. And I think the play that the Commanders lost this game on, was the 38-yard touchdown pass to Devontae Smith after you had the lead there in a crucial point in the game. You cannot have a blown assignment like that. That's what's so frustrating. You let somebody walk into the end zone.
2: Absolutely, and it's just the situational awareness, right, Awad? It's the communication, knowing what you're supposed to be doing. And it seems there has been a consistent theme in the secondary of these miscommunications, of these botched coverages, where things are just not being communicated the way that they should be. I'm not sure who that falls on, but this wasn't a situation or a thing that you saw that was prevalent in years past. Yeah, they would exist in the first four to five games of the season, but then they would clean it up. That hasn't been the case as of yet. We're week nine now, Adam, and at some point, when are you going to start playing like the defense you're supposed to be? Because a lot of assets have been divulged over into the defense, and you really haven't seen this season the actual production develop. And that's the unfortunate part out of all of this, is you have a lot, of, a lot of money, a lot of draft picks put into that defense, and it just seems like there is no upper charge. There is no way to get a turbo on them. It's almost like this stagnant line, and it, unfortunately the stagnant line has now turned into a downfall, which doesn't make sense. It has a lot of people confused, including myself. They are bottom five in a lot of statistical categories that they have to get better in. The only one that they're pretty, pretty good in is red zone the defense. Besides that, they are getting chewed up on passing yards and rushing yards. And getting out to the quarterback, they've done pretty well. But yesterday, I did not see Chase Young and Montez Sweat swallowing up Jalen Hurts as much as he was hobbling around. That needs to be the case. I know you wanted me to come on here and bring on some optimism today, Adam, but uh, the, the future's not looking bright. I don't like being 0-3 in divisional games. And uh, it's unfortunate that they can't play consistently this way every week because if they did, they would not be 3-5 and right now.
0: You might have to choose between Montez Sweat and Chase Young. So far throughout this season, who would you choose?
2: In being good or being traded?
0: Who do you want to remain a commander?
2: Mm, Don't ask me that. Uh, I would say, if I had to pick right now, I would say (laughs) Montez Sweat. And the only reason, I I know Montez Sweat is 27 years old. I know that Chase is 24. Chase is coming off of a big injury. And I, I have a lot of respect for Chase Young. I have a lot of confidence in Chase Young, but that injury and everything that went into that injury scares me more so than anything else. So if I'm going to go for the future, I'm going with Montez Sweat, the long-arm demon. We can have him come off the edge for a long time, and you know that he's going to show up for you. The only time that he's really been out in this time was with a broken jaw and the death of his brother. And so I love Montez Sweat. I love Chase Young. I don't want them to split up, but the reality is something needs to happen.
0: Absolutely. They're going to have to make a decision. Uh, I would like to trade neither of them uh because I just don't want Ron Rivera to make that decision. I can't wait till we have a new coach and a new GM. Uh Kyle, do we win the game? Last question. Do we win the game if Ron Rivera throws the challenge flag? I say yes. Yes.
2: Yes, yeah. we do. Uh we definitely I mean, do. And I I don't want to blame him too much because obviously the Eagles did a good job of getting up there on the line, but I don't know who to blame on there, Adam, because it's not like Ron Ron is at He's looking up at the scoreboard, and if that scoreboard isn't showing anything, he doesn't have an opinion on it. And obviously the sideline said something, but the sideline always says something in these situations. But why isn't yeah. somebody in the booth screaming at him to throw that flag? And I, I don't know who to blame, but it wasn't a good look.
0: Yeah, well, it's it, it, you, you could blame Ron because it's whoever Ron put in charge of watching the Green. replays didn't do a good enough job. And I, I just think when you see Jalen Hurts, limping upfield, signaling to people, hey, we better hurry up and snap this because I don't know if he caught it. And it's a fourth down play. You have to challenge the flag. I don't care if you lose the timeout and it's an obvious catch. Anytime it's a fourth down that it's a decision like that, you have to throw the challenge flag.
2: Yeah, and obviously it was separate from the separate incident that happened in the fourth quarter where it was like flip-flop. It just seems in these scenarios that Rivera just chooses the wrong um, decision each time.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, Kyle. I appreciate you trying to uh, lighten the mood here on a misery Monday.
2: I appreciate you as always, Adam. Have a great one.
0: Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio on the Fan. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. You're driving around Richmond and you're pissed off. That the commander scored 31 points and still lost that game. It's eight three three eight zero four zero nine ten. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back.
1: Hurts looking downfield, Hurts is going deep.
2: Backing up, Devontae Smith. Touch-
0: And Smith, wide
2: open.
0: Wide open for the catch. Wide open. That was the point the Commanders lost the game. How many times are you going to have your offense drive down the field in the second half, take a lead, and then have your defense let you down? Let you down over and over and over again. That was the call on the Eagles radio network as they went on to defeat the Commanders 38 to 31 as we begin the commander's corner take your phone calls 833-804-0910 833 begin with the who what when how and why the commanders lost the who your three and five washington commanders for me it's who cares about wins and losses this season if the commanders are able to find their franchise quarterback right i mean that's what we said all offseason we've got to find out our franchise quarterback. We know our head coach is not going to be Ron Rivera moving forward, so who cares about the wins and losses this season? He's going to be out of town in February. Let Sam Howell cook. Let Eric enemy, the coach, the offense coordinator, scheming up, and I'm fine with watching this team lose. I, I really am. As long as the offense looks good, right? I was devastated last week because we lost 14-7 to to the Giants. Your defense gave us up 14 points. You should win that game every single time. So those are the performances I didn't want to watch. But you score 31 I'm, I'm happy with that. I, I really am. I thought that's as good as the offense could have looked yesterday. Uh, it gave me major confidence in this group moving forward. Uh, I do kind of want to believe that this defense will improve over the course of the year uh, because they were decent last year t- statistically, but I just don't know if the secondary is going to improve at all and we might end up trading one of our defensive linemen. But if the offense can st- keep looking like that, I don't care if we lose every game. I will be glued to my TV and enjoy watching my franchise quarterback. The what? What I'm most upset with today is what the F was Ron Rivera thinking not throwing that challenge flag? Everyone felt the same way watching this game. Like, are you kidding me, Ron? What the hell is that? The entire sideline saying it's a drop. Your defenders are calling it a drop. The Eagles are literally sprinting to the line of scrimmage. That's basically telling you that it's a drop. It's also fourth down in the second half. That's a game-on-the-line play right there. If you get the ball back, I just asked Kyle Ronek, do you believe we win that game? We both said yes. If you get the ball back there, you win the game. That's embarrassing by Ron, and it's not the first time or the second time it's happened. In fact, it's happened twice in two seasons against the Philadelphia Eagles, and both times it was wide receiver Devonta Smith. He just doesn't make catches with fourth down. He pretends to. The where? Where was this game won? This game was won... With wide receivers against our cornerbacks. This game was won by the weakness in our secondary. Which is, we just cannot cover top wide receivers. Every time this offense put together a scoring drive, the defense gave up a deep pass over and over again. Devonta Smith, and more impressively, A.J. Brown cooked Washington's secondary. Where was this game won with the weakness in our secondary? Over and over again, from single moves to double moves to even triple moves. Slants to comebacks, to just fly patterns. They zoomed down the field whenever we had a touchdown lead, and because of that, they were able to come back, score 21 points in the fourth, and get the win. How? How can we continue to let Jack Del Rio off the hook, right? Because statistically, his defense was good last year. Big whoop. Anyone with two eyes could tell they were getting lucky at times. Bend, but don't break. Give up 99 yards, but get a stop at the one-yard line. Oh, your defensive line masked a ton of issues because they created a turnover, a sack fumble. But the secondary is garbage. It is so bad. And Jack Del Rio just doesn't like the blitz. And so quarterbacks have all the time in the world to complete these passes. You should not have enough time to do a double move against this defense with a defensive line that's supposed to be as good as we are. And so how do we continue to let Jack Del Rio off the hook? 38 points. 38 points put up by the Eagles, 21 in the fourth quarter. The why. Why does it seem like Washington always seems to blow these kind of home games where you had a lead, right? You had them in the fourth quarter. You're winning at home. Blown coverage on the 35-yard touchdown that we played to come back from break here with Devonta Smith. How does that happen? Why do we always seem to have a blown coverage in a game like this? And why do we always seem to get screwed by the refs with multiple bad calls at home? I put this out there on social media. Why does it seem like FedEx Field, since it came to life in 1999, never has a true home field advantage? Even when we have a pro crowd there, we never have pro refs. They're always rooting for the other team. It's almost like the NFL was trying to rig that game. And it started with the bad call on Logan Thomas in the first quarter, and it continued with the drop pass by Devontae Smith, and then the catch by... Jahan Dotson that no 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 we're gonna flip that call we're not even gonna let New York review it we're just gonna flip it in favor of the Eagles it seems like every time we play a home game we get no home field advantage and then why does Washington always seem to give up a sack on the most important play of the game the offensive line played great we had a great game plan to get rid of the ball quickly and then on the fourth down play with the game on the line why? Why does that always seem to happen to us? It was the Deadskins once again yesterday at FedEx Field. I'm so glad I haven't chose to go to a game this year. It was just mortifying watching them celebrate right that fourth quarter there when they had the lead, when they knew they were going to get to win the win. You could hear the stupid Fly Eagles fly chance. Uh, we just had our buddy Chris Russell post a video from him at the game directly after the game where it looked like 98% of Eagles fans leaving FedEx Field. Why? Why does it seem like we never have a home field advantage at FedEx Field? Burn it to the ground. Burn it to the ground today. I don't care if we have to play our games the rest of the season from MM Team Bank Stadium or in Carolina or even play them in Blacksburg. We just cannot play in Landover, Maryland anymore. It's so frustrating. We can never get wins there when it matters most. Oh, I hate... I hate that people I know spent good money to go to that game just to watch this team lose at home over and over and over again. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. So that was the who, what, how, when, and why the Commanders lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. Let me give you guys a little box score breakdown here on the Commanders' corner as Washington gives up 378 yards to the philadelphia eagles and offensively i mean you put up over 460 yards in a losing performance shout out to jahan Dotson, eight receptions for 108 yards and a touchdown mclaurin not the best game of his career started hot five catches for 63 yards and a touchdown but out of 12 targets less than 50 percent catching Uh, i do think terry mclaurin will make up for that later in this season Uh, He will be the reason that we win a game. Whether it matters getting into the playoffs or not, uh, that is to be determined. But I'm not worried about Terry McLaurin. He had three 50-50 ball catches last year that single-handedly led to to wins with Terry McLaurin catching a Heineke YOLO ball. He will make up for those drops. He will be the reason we win one of the next three games. And I told you, I think we will go on a three-game win streak. I told this story on my show on Saturday morning in Washington D.C. Ron Rivera's career in Washington. We all know about the slow starts, but we don't talk about the middle of the season that chunk often enough. Four, four and two, four one and one, and four and two in his three seasons here in late October and November. He finds a way to figure it out. Like Ron, uh, like Michael Phillips always says, Ron Rivera's teams never bottom out. This could be the year. This could be the year that it turns into a disaster. But I've seen enough offensively to feel like I like our chances against the New England Patriots. Or I like our chances against the Seahawks. And I think we can get a win in our second chance against the New York Giants. I'm not that miserable here on a misery Monday. I'm upset. I'm frustrated. I'm angry with the defensive side of the ball. But man, did the offense look good. And we said all off-season: if we can find out our franchise quarterback, then who cares about the wins and losses? You've got your quarterback under contract. You can pay other guys and build around him and build around the offense coordinator Eric Bienemi, who had his best play calling game of the season. Commanders lose to the Eagles 38-31. We take more of your phone calls on the Richmond Commander coming up next. You're listening to Richmond's Home for the Commanders, the New Sports Radio 910, the fan now at 105-1 FM.